0: Hey guys, welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are myself, Garrett Wong, and my co-host, Mr. Robert Duckett-McNeil. Robbie,
1: well, Hello there, Garrett. How are Hi. you today? I'm okay. How are you today? Doing good. We're wearing matching hats. Yes, yes, yes. We're doing Just... the hat twinsies yeah. thing.
0: Yeah. If we were wearing the same shirts, then I would, I would worry. But yeah. I'm not I'm not worried. I'm so. not worried.
1: Because you know, this is the official Delta Flyers hat. This is the, the uniform. We that's have right. to wear
0: this hat. That, that's just part
1: of it, exactly. That's exactly. <laughs> it's kind of like the Starfleet uniform. It's like when you're a Delta Flyer, you have to wear the trucker cap yes. with the logo.
0: Okay. So this cap is basically like our com badge. We always have it on. Yes. Right? Beep, 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 beep. For those of you listening, we are now touching the logo on our baseball caps, the Delta <laughs> Flyers is logo, as if it's our communicator. That's what we're doing <laughs> and looking like idiots right now. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. so um, Blood Fever. This is the episode that we're
1: Oh, on. Blood Fever. Blood Fever. Now I'm getting a little hot. Are you feeling 100%. a little? Yeah, oh, okay. I got the fever. Got the fever? Yeah. I What's really- that
0: song? I got the fever. Who sings that? I don't know who sings that fever Nancy song. Nancy Sinatra. Fever. Yeah. Fever when you hold me down. you give me fever. That's the one.
1: Boodoo. Yeah. I got it. I got. The I thought fever. you were gonna keep going. I'm just ready no. to,
0: to riff with you. Okay. I'm um no. No. No, because
1: I'm very focused on this.
0: Let's not delay. Let's go right. <laughs> ahead and head to the couches to watch this episode this hot episode this hot fever Fever. episode Um, we'll be right back patreon patrons please stay tuned for bonus segment what do we remember all right everybody we are back from watching blood fever yes we
1: are goodness it was a fever wasn't it
0: let's just jump right into it let's just jump okay. right into it let's start with our uh, our synopsis our poetry synopsis so let's hear your haiku yeah. and then um i'm gonna come up i feel, with my I feel
1: particularly inspired this okay. episode yeah with the romance all the love in the air yeah yeah for some poetry some lover's poetry let's hear it okay here we go here's my haiku for <laughs> blood fever yeah wow this is awkward Balana has the ponfar. Paris is the cure. <laughs>
0: there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, look, you got all coy at the end. You did your little yeah. coy shoulder shrug thing. All yeah. right. Nice. Nice. It's very the short. Far. Very short good. and to the point. And yes. uh, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Um, limerick for blood fever. Vorek begins his ponfar journey. It's Taurus he's chosen to marry, although he pleads his case, she bites Paris's face. Fever purged by duel, filled with fury. Oh, nice! <laughs> that was that was
1: good. That you was like good that one. one. Yeah, okay, it was good. All good. righty. I love our poetry. I think we yeah. captured some of the the true essence.
0: I just think that there's a there's a theme in this season three. Episodic recap stretch of episodes. Macrocosm against that virus. Uh, Ponfar is arguably a yeah. disease or contagious type of fever. Of fever, yeah. you know. So Blood it's fever. just all these things that remind us of the current state that we're in. <laughs> in Every the world, I think yeah.
1: everything reminds <laughs> us of the COVID this year. Everything pretty much connects. Yeah.
0: Pretty much. Yeah.
1: So andrew robinson directed this episode mm-hmm. i did remember that i remembered that uh yeah he i thought he did a great job too so andrew yeah. robinson directed and who wrote it
0: um lisa clink
1: lisa clink did yeah, yeah. lisa clink uh mm-hmm. writer and andrew robinson director great duo both yeah. did a great job i thought the script for this episode was super strong i thought andrew's Andy's directing was great so uh yeah well uh score to one to ten let's start right there just out of the gate one to ten I'll, I'll go first mm, go I'm gonna give this and I said this to Rebecca before we came back to record I was like I don't know if I'm biased because I had more to do in this episode or if I'm really seeing things clearly because I thought it was a really good episode like I really did I thought I thought uh, the direction was really solid, like it was clean and amplified moments, and the camera moved nicely. And there was action with the rock climbing and all the cave stuff. There was comedy Mm -hmm. involved. Our mostly our cast. I mean, the uh, the guest stars were minimal, which normally I think is better. I like it when our cast is kind of really featured and and it's spread out. Thought it was spread out nicely. I I would call this a solid eight, maybe even a Close to a nine for me. I thought this was really mm, good.
0: Wow. Really good. Yeah, I'll give it a um. I'll give it a seven. Okay. Seven and a half. I do think you're a little bit biased. Uh, yeah. I think that uh, Andy Robinson definitely did a good job because yeah. there's there's some very interesting camera angles used throughout this episode. Yeah. Um, where he didn't do the typical, you know, what a typical person would come in and that a director that's phoning it in. All right. He would. Mm-hmm. He didn't phone it in. He definitely did his homework. He prepared meticulously, and um, it shows you know, some of those camera angles are, are definitely very unique. So, very I, unique, yeah. yeah I he thought did it a was great job for sure,
1: very memorable.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the things that I didn't like, uh, they're going to be talked about in, in the do over section of the bonus material. So okay, talk then. about it then, yes. All right,
1: all righty, all right. So, first Let's dive right in, diving right in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we're on the bridge, yep, and um, we pick up some readings of galasite. Which is yes. a very rare substance that could help us refit our warp coils. Everybody's very excited about that. And this reading of the Galasite, you know, Chicote says, Are there any people there? You know, could this mm-hmm. belong before we go in grabbing, you know, precious minerals? Like, make yeah. sure we're not stealing from anybody. Yeah. Nobody's there. Just. They do uh, get some readings of an abandoned mining colony, maybe some tunnels or something. Some ruins.
0: They see some ruins, right? Yeah. And some tunnels, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. But um, not enough to make us uh, ignore this uh, nearly kiloton of galasite that we have located. So mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. go down there. Uh, but before we go down there, we go to engineering, and um, <laughs> oh my goodness, right off the bat, Vork and Torres are working and and uh they're working upstairs yes
1: so in engineering but they're upstairs Mm -hmm. which i thought was a really interesting choice i realized later that it's a private place yeah very smart to stage the scene up there but the way the scene evolves but we don't normally shoot up there it's very rare that we Mm. would take the cameras all the way up it it was not easy to get equipment up there agreed uh because it was just a ladder or that tiny elevator thing but Mm -hmm. uh, it was tricky so um you know, that was a strong choice to shoot upstairs, I thought. Right. Yeah, but they're they're doing checking some readings. And uh uh Balana says it looks like uh, you know, these these tunnels are there and some other people were interested in, in mining this stuff, mm-hmm. uh, the collapsed tunnels. She says, um, you know, Tom has a lot of rock climbing experience, so we should bring Tom. I was like, as soon as I heard that, I was like, Really? When did Tom ever have rock climbing experience? Like, what? Okay, I mean, sure, I guess so, but I, you know, maybe I was climbing, trying to climb out of prison in New Zealand penal colony or something. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. I, 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 I
0: have, I have a theory on this that I'm going to talk about later, also in the bonus material that I'm okay. not going to talk about here. Um, but that's uh, Savork then declares kunant solik, which is basically um, his desire to mate with Balana, and I just love Balana's reaction. He's like what (laughs) she's completely broadsided by this right so yes he says um,
1: let me i wrote the line down let me take this opportunity to declare to declare kunat solik my desire to become your mate (laughs) it's like what and he says in human terms i'm proposing marriage her (laughs) response is this is quite sudden isn't it (laughs) yeah uh i thought that was a very clever exchange it was um and he thinks their differences would complement each other.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh he says and ultimately she's like nope, no thank you. <laughs> and he gets really mad. Uh he, you start to see yes this is the ponfar happening.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh he gets really mad. He grabs her actually grabs her by the throat at one point. Won't let right. go. Right. And uh she punches him.
0: Well, it's not a punch. It's it's the- it's the old the old palm of the yes the palm yes. of the hand right up to the chin uh which ended up dislocating his jaw actually mm-hmm. so um you know but that's what he gets when he grabs somebody uh, uh, that obviously is not interested in being grabbed by him that's um, you, that's right that's what you get yeah you don't grab people you, you don't just grab random people just to say no. look you're going to marry me and if the other person doesn't want to marry you then yeah. you're going to get a hand palm to your chin you know so that's what yep that's what Vork gets a little hand that's what he gets he ends up in sick
1: bay mm-hmm. he ends up down in sick bay dislocated jaw like you said and yeah. uh and um and uh so balana's down there to check on him and then and then the doctor asks them if uh, you know he could have some privacy right and uh he starts to ask you know Vork some questions mm-hmm. and uh he, he says that you know this palm Far is a severe imbalance in his brain chemistry that's what's going on right and that you could die from this that the if he doesn't deal with it if he doesn't somehow figure out a way to let this run its course in a healthy way an Mm -hmm. outlet for this we'll find out later some solutions but He's got to deal with it or he could die.
0: And it's interesting that, you know, they talk about how private the Vulcans are about this whole thing. Like they just don't even want to talk about this to anybody. Like they just want to keep this to themselves and, Mm -hmm. and everything the doctor tries to um, suggest to Vorik, you know, he kind of just shrugs it off and and doesn't want to have any of it. And um, he eventually just, he he raises his voice. And clearly this is the effects of Ponfar and Vulcans don't scream and yell like that unless something's going on with them and it's usually ponfar that that causes the type type of emotional outbursts um, that yeah. we see so vorik finally convinces the doctor that he is going to try to use meditative techniques to deal with the ponfar because mm-hmm. you know option number 1 finding a, per- a person to be the mate did not work so option 2 would be to use these meditative techniques. So the doctor agrees. He puts a, a cortical. What does he put Cort, on him? He puts a cortical stimulator. A cortical monitor. Yeah, a monitor. It a monitor. Yeah. Cortical
1: monitor, mm-hmm. and that you're confined to quarters. Right. And one thing that happens in the scene I love is when uh, Vork says to the doctor, "You know, I hope Lieutenant Torres is not too upset with me." And The doctor's <laughs> response was, "Well, with Lieutenant Torres upset is a relative term."
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a good line. Yeah. Good job, Lisa Klink. Good job. Yeah. Good yeah. lines in this episode. Yeah, for uh,
1: sure. So then the doctor asks Tuvok. He consults with Tuvok. Right. This is after and, work is
0: left. Of course, yep. work is gone. Now he's in the office portion of the uh, sickbay. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. A little time jump, and the doc has asked uh, Tuvok to come down, and and uh, Tuvok says, you know, he he cannot talk about this. Yeah. Uh, um, he can't divulge Vulcan secrets, and he doesn't know specifically what's happened with uh, Vork so far. So for multiple reasons, he can't talk about it. And the doctor is getting frustrated. And he says, you know, you Vulcans are, are almost Victorian in your attitudes about sex. You know, you're super uptight about this. And mm-hmm. this is a natural biological function. Like, why can't you talk about it?
0: it that it's logical to talk about it. So the doctor yes. even uses Vulcan, um, you know, uh, terminology. He's saying it's logical to, to talk about something that's natural. And then that's when Tuvok says, there is nothing logical about the Ponfar. It is a time when instinct and emotion dominate over reason. It cannot be analyzed by the rational mind nor cured by conventional medicine. Anyone who has experienced it understands that it must simply be followed to its natural resolution. Three mm-hmm. options, three options. Number one, taking a mate. Number two, ritual combat. Number three, intensive meditation. So meditation is the path that is chosen.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and Tuvok uh says, you know, please don't interfere with this doctor. Right. Please, you know, let, let him do his it. yeah, let it let it run its
0: course, basically. Yeah, right. Then we jump to the transporter room. We have Neelix, Tom, and Balana ready to go. And boy, is Balana ready to go. It's <laughs> like she had a whole
1: pot of coffee yes. and ran in here. Yeah. And by the way, you know, all of them are in these fancy uh silver shiny spandexy kind of climbing suits these adventure suits right what did those
0: remind you of
1: i don't know what
0: that episode where tuvok had to train the maquis recruits and they were wearing those kind of similar that's what you guys are wearing you guys got repurposed i mean they're not exactly the same but i'm sure they use those and just kind of add a little that that extra stitching or whatever yeah Yeah, it's i
1: I didn't recognize that that's interesting Yeah. Yeah. We're all in our climbing suits. We've got some ropes with us. You know, uh, Neelix is there with us. Why?
0: Because he worked in the mining, uh, a mining colony. Is that what she said?
1: She said something like Neelix, you know, uh, and Lieutenant Torres talked to Neelix. He may have some experience with this or something like that. Yeah. So, Neelix is along. Right. Neelix is along. I don't know about his climbing ability. Clearly Tom <laughs> has a lot of climbing ability, uh, you know. <laughs> That we have all we all know about how oh,
0: a climber he is. Um, I cannot wait to talk about bonus uh, material <laughs> stuff right now. I have so much to talk about this, my goodness. So we talked to Johnny
1: Phillips a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And he, um, I think I maybe I had talked to him. I don't know if it was when we were talking, but I recently, anyway, Johnny had said to me that he was a big climber before Voyager. He actually was seriously into rock climbing. Like that was his main hobby, is he would go out uh when he lived back east and do all this rock climbing. And he had gotten very advanced in that. And then he took a fall and got Hmm. quite hurt and he stopped like full stop. He decided, you know, this is something I could die doing. And so that's interesting. I didn't put that together, but yeah, Neelix is uh is part of the climbing team, which is probably he was probably the most in real life, the most experienced with climbing of all of us, because I'd never done any of that. So.
0: Speaking of real life and Ethan Phillips, yes. did you know that when he was in seventh and eighth grade, so middle school, he was on the football team?
1: I, I think I remember that, yeah.
0: Yeah. And he, yeah. you know, my thought would have been, all right, maybe he was running back, right, or something like that, because of his stature. No, he was an offensive guard was, he, he, was really? he was offensive lineman and he told me that he loved it and the that's problem funny. was because when you're in 7th and 8th grade everyone's about the same size right yeah. but then once high school came around everyone else on the offensive line got bigger and he remained the same size he didn't get that's any bigger funny. and so therefore he couldn't continue his his football yeah. playing career but he told me he loved it so much
1: so. that's funny he's, had a, he's he's a hobby guy yeah he's ethan phillips he he uh during voyager sorry to sidebar here a bit sure. but during voyager he played saxophone yeah he took started playing saxophone took saxophone lessons and became very very good at it mm. and played uh you know um, like open mic nights or something jazz nights at a club in town eventually so he cool. did hang gliding with tim russ he and tim Look at that did uh, all the hang gliding that was a big thing for them and the rock climbing and yeah. Yeah. Ethan has always been a, he'll get, he'll get into some hobby and he will really obsess about it.
0: He hang glided with Tuvok.
1: Yeah. Those guys were, (laughs) were gliding. You don't remember that?
0: No. Tuvok and Neelix hang gliding. I'm a little bit jealous of that pairing. You know, I, I think that we need to actually, we have done something athletic together. What do we do? We skied together. Oh, we did. That's right. Yeah, We've been skiing together. We've That's skied true. together. Um, in Utah, we skied together. That's this right. This was during um uh was Sundance it Film Festival. We did. Yes, Slamdance. Dance yes. When, when you yeah was, yeah mm-hmm. and in Utah we we took uh, a day to go skiing. I remember yeah. this. So, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. We digress. Yeah, we digress. We, okay. Let's we digress. Get, get back. Let's okay. Get back. So planet surface. Planet surface. Neelix. Planet uh, surface. Yeah. Uh, yep, Torres and um uh let's see Neelix. Uh, Tom and Belana are now. Beamed onto the surface, and they see the ruins of the colony, which obviously intrigues Paris. Paris is like, "Whoa, look at this!" And then uh, Balana's like, "That's not our mission. Let's go." <laughs> and then, yeah, she's yeah, still she's, she's, she's high still on, on coffee ca- caffeine. Yeah, she's just all looking. <laughs> yeah, but they
1: do notice. They say, "You know, these ruins are only fifty or sixty years old, but they—it's right. strange how fast they've decayed. That seems yes. unusual. Yes, not natural in some way." Um, right. Correct. Anyway, so uh, now we go into a climbing sequence where where uh, they repel into a tunnel mm-hmm. or some hole and, you know, collapse tunnel or something. And then the yeah. tunnel opens up to a giant deep cavern. Yes. And uh, I do remember practicing this repelling. I do remember we had to do this ahead of time and go do some lessons on stage, come in on, on days off and, you know, work on some of the repelling and things. I remember that.
0: That sounds fun. I would have loved yeah. to do that
1: yeah it was it was it was fun yeah it kind of pinches and squeezes here and there but you know but it's fun yeah anyway so they're climbing down this big cavern neelix's piton breaks and he falls which takes torres down with him and they both hit the ground pretty hard neelix is definitely hurt (laughs) Mm -hmm. she's bruised but okay and she pops up and she is furious with him yeah (laughs) flaming <laughs> neelix and she's like oh all of a sudden just and i'm like calm down like yeah. it's not his fault you know
0: you're overreacting you're yeah. overreacting
1: mm-hmm. something malfunctioned and mm-hmm. i go to to you know to, to hold her by the arms or something and calm her down and all of a sudden she bites me right on the face <laughs> bites paris on the face
0: and he's like what are you doing after she bites it's Paris, she disappears. She's gone. She she heads off on her own, right? So then that's when um Paris calls up to uh the bridge. Yep. And we see Jane and Chicote there, and that's when they learn about what happened. And yeah, Tom Paris says, goes, <laughs> bridge, and Then she one, bit, me. Stung, and <laughs> bit me <laughs> and she bit me. She, she
1: bit, bit you, you. <laughs> and there's just, looks all around the bridge everybody's I, like
0: what i'm sorry but those are just three words but beltran played that just perfect i mean just the way he said that that the the pacing the tone yeah. was right on the money <laughs> she yeah, it was very funny you. yeah i loved it It was so good
1: all the reactions were great and <laughs> uh i and paris even says she she seemed to be enjoying enjoying it, it. yeah, in a Klingon sort of <laughs> sort way. sort of way, <laughs> and you and then it cuts to Tuvok and he's like, mm, he knows what's going on.
0: We got to start yes. using that on our real life, you know. We, I I should start asking you like, wait a minute, are you enjoying this in a Klingon sort of way? <laughs> You're like, no, 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 no. I'm definitely not enjoying this in a Klingon sort of way. I'm just in a regular sort of way. Just though. a regular, yeah, yeah, just regularly. All right, now we're in Vork's quarters. Yep. Okay. So, um. <laughs> the first thing that i noticed i don't know if you caught this but at one point pretty early in the scene Vorik says i believe i approached her and then turns to the left away from tuvok as he turns the left you can see his eyebrow is coming off and they didn't oh, catch really? that yeah That's and wow. i've seen this is, i've seen that before on tuvok too the top of um the right eyebrow for Vorik was just
1: kind of peels up.
0: It's it peeled off completely, which is not how it's supposed to look, right? Nope. Supposed to be part of your skin. So um a little bit of a uh overs undersight on the part of the mm. um I guess who would that be? Who's, yeah? Who would that be the makeup department? Yeah. Yeah. But it is so dark in there. You know, it's so dark in that set. It's very dark. It just there's a lot of a dark candle. scenes, by
1: the way. I very would very much that so. Yeah. There's a lot of dark scenes in this episode. Too dark mm. sometimes, mm-hmm. I think. You couldn't see people.
0: Yeah. Well, you definitely couldn't see Tuvok later in the caves because of his darker skin. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, he was literally just in He disappeared. Yeah, he disappeared. Yeah. You couldn't even see him. Um, so I as as uh Tuvok basically um is talking to vorik
1: and he says to him i apologize for interrupting it's my yes. fault you know yes. he's very tuvok totally gets what work is going through mm-hmm. wants to give him the space and the privacy mm-hmm. but he says i you know i apologize but i need to ask you um some a couple questions of questions mm-hmm. and he he says was there any physical contact and i need you to describe exactly what happened and as uh, vork goes through it he realized he he did touch her face and then he touched he held on tightly and he felt like he couldn't let go yeah like he 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 needed to not let go and he mm. didn't know why he just had that impulse duvak says it was a telepathic mating bond.
0: yeah
1: a vulcan telepathic mating bond that he was
0: initiating a telepathic mating bond yes but it didn't get completed because of the the palm to the chin, right? Yep, so yep. that stopped it, but at least the beginnings of it um, were happening. Yep. Um, and then, uh, you know, we jumped to the cave interior after that scene. And now Chakotay and Tuvok join Paris. Neelix is sent back up to the planet surface to mm-hmm. then be sent up to Voyager to be uh, worked on by the doctor. And Tuvok um, and
1: Chakotay are in those sexy little shiny <laughs> silver suits.
0: Yeah. They because you can't, I guess
1: suit. you can't come to the planet unless you got your shiny silver suit on. <laughs> Very important. Very important because um, it's dark in there, and how will you see each other unless you got a shiny suit?
0: <laughs> right. Uh, so, okay. so two, so two join Paris on the search for Torres, who's run off on her own, and they do find her. They find her, and she has discovered an active power system that mm-hmm. was built by the colonists. And she's so excited. And still on caffeine. Clearly. Very proud of it, too. Very proud. I found yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I did this. Very territorial and very, you know, just emotional about it, yeah. right? So Tuvok informs Torres that she is experiencing a condition known as Ponfar. And I love her reaction. She said, pa-what? <laughs> pa-what? She doesn't even finish it. Which I almost feel like uh, she, would know, she would know what ponfar is shouldn't yeah. she i mean I like would, she should... i would think so yeah it was almost like you know it's maybe remote. she was
1: a little delirious from the you know the effects of the ponfar. could be yeah because later on she's losing her memory completely right. you know it's really affecting her brain function mm-hmm. so maybe maybe all that's right. what was going on okay all right um yes and she's like as she hears this news she's just like you know what i just want to be left alone i just yeah. want to be left alone which is yeah. part of the ponfar instinctual experience right. just as just as that happens uh the rock people appear
0: <laughs> you call them the rock people
1: <laughs> i call them the rock people because i didn't know who they I were ca- yet. i
0: call them camouflaged alien is what I call nice them. Okay. okay all right they look like rocks they look they, like they do well they're they, rocks yeah because of the coloring of their of their um their uniforms definitely their uniform their yeah.
1: their their skin tones and Everything. facial features almost look like rocks they blended yeah. right in yeah the rock people. um the yeah. rock people appear and they've got weapons, and they even ask uh, Chakotay, they're like, well, why are you armed? Mm-hmm. You know, if you came here in peace, why are you armed? And he says, it's, uh, it's you know, standard you know, protocol, protocol mm-hmm. for us. And uh, they said, can we look at the phaser? And, yeah. uh, and he looks at it, and, yeah. and he asks about the tricorder. The, yeah. and, uh, and then he hands it back, and they seem to trust us for a right. minute. And some seismic activity starts. Some of the caves start shaking. yeah, they have and an what-
0: alert. They have a little thing on their a belt, mm-hmm. the aliens, and it makes a sound when there's some seismic activity is about to happen close by. and um very calmly, the alien says that wall is unstable. You know, be careful. be careful and and so there's an alien who kind of jumps um down and realizes that a wall is about to collapse near or maybe on balana, so he tries to move her out of harm's way, but she takes that as an aggressive act and starts fighting him like just out of the blue' yep. and is knocking knocking the knocking uh, him basically unconscious, it, it seems, and
1: yeah but, knocks him down, knocks grabs him his down. weapon.
0: Yeah, it just goes crazy. She's a berserker. Um, but this is where I got a little foggy. I was like, "Well, what the heck happened because you' you start grabbing her saying, "No, no, Balana." And then you push her and that guy out of the way. He knocks her down on the ground. You're on the ground, and then, then she looks down, and that guy's gone. He's disappeared, and so has Chakotay and Tuvok. And th- everybody's and so, gone. The but rock people- Why are you still with her? Because you pushed her out of the way. You should be the only person segregated from everybody else. I thought so it was it a just- little.
1: Con- there was definitely some confusion in that mm-hmm. moment. I think that was intentional because the rock people, the camouflage rock people, just sort of disappear suddenly. Yeah, and, they, and they've taken wherever they went to they've taken Tuvok and Chakotay. Right. So now but, it's just Paris and Balana alone.
0: Yeah. But it bothered me because I couldn't make out. I just didn't understand the action. You know, the the series it of It felt
1: like it felt like there was a back a, a rock person near Balana. Yeah. Paris and Bolana go to deal with him. So that rock person's down. Yeah. And then the other rock people take Chakotay and Tuvok off to wherever the, they live in the rock. Okay. And uh because I I feel like because balana and paris were dealing with this one rock guy who got knocked out that that's why they weren't taken that's why they weren't um okay you know they, right. they just disappeared balana's fighting them got a weapon they
0: mm-hmm. got to get
1: out of there and take the two guys that they have so yeah that, that's kind of how i it was it was definitely chaos a bit of confusion but but i bought it i bought that
0: yeah you you yeah. justified it it's it's okay for yeah. you okay yeah i think so all right I all think right so. let's let's move on then. Um, now we're in sickbay. Uh, the doctor has stabilized Vorik's serotonin levels. Uh, Vorek basically feels like he has humiliated himself and Tuvok, another Vulcan, by making what should be private very public. And mm-hmm. he does not, do that. he's not happy. Um, then the doctor in the next scene, they're at the resort program. The doctor, well, the
1: doctor, you, in leads the Go yeah, ahead. the doctor in sick bay actually pleaded to.
0: He said, right. "Please,
1: just trust me. I have. A, I, ha, I think I have a solution. Please mm-hmm. trust me." Mm-hmm. And so then we cut into the resort program, and you see, yes. Vork decided to to listen to him and see what right. he's talking about. Yes. And the doctor says, "This is Tapel.
0: This is it's not uh, Tapel." What did he say? He said, "Well, <laughs> the first time like I li- listen, the first time I listened to it, it sounded like he said, here is blah.'" Oh really? Is like, that like he said he's, he sounded like he said, here's to bleh. Like he just didn't even finish it. But then I, I reround it, was... it. It's para is what it is. T oh I thought it was apostrophe P-E-R-A. to Tepel yeah. is actually Tuvok's wife, I think, in the show. Oh. So um but and it Tepal, sounded like Topal is on Enterprise. Yeah. So there's to Topal, and Topera, which is the holographic Vulcan mate that the doctor has programmed. But it really, the first listening of this, watching of this scene, I heard tabla, <laughs> is what he said. Here's tabla, but it was Tepera, actually. Tepera, okay. yes.
1: She is a holographic Vulcan female. Yes. And uh, the doc Who doctor is clearly says,
0: mute. She's clearly mute yeah, as well. She doesn't, she doesn't speak anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, the doc says, look, she can help you solve your immediate problem. Yes. Give it a shot. <laughs> and- uh, <laughs> and uh well vork's and, and- not
0: vork vork is is definitely against this idea right off the outset yeah, he's, he's like, like he's like how, how do you, can this work it's not gonna work she's not real and you don't know about this because you're you're also a hologram so you don't understand the matters of the physical is what he's trying to explain yeah. to the doctor yeah. right and the doctor's like yeah. you know what don't knock it till you try it is what he's trying to say so mm-hmm. uh we basically think that he does try it we, we don't know we leave well, he- that scene um, we
1: leave that scene but he he seems to agree
0: yeah he seems to agree and then the doctor says
1: uh when when he says okay um the doctor is standing close to to para between to para and and uh Vorik. yeah and um mm-hmm. and he goes oh good good and then he's <laughs> smiling then he's looking at them both awkward awkward pause and he goes well then i'll leave the two of you alone and <laughs> he steps away but it was a wonderful moment of of the doctor not realizing that they can't continue if you're standing there doc so step <laughs> away please um it was fun
0: it was fun we go
1: we we go to the tunnels after this and mm-hmm. uh and uh, paris says to 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 B'Elanna, he says you know i i know what that biting the face means mm-hmm. he uh he lets her know that uh, that's something that that um klingons do as part of a mating ritual and um and I, I thought it was interesting i noticed a pattern in this episode with tom getting close to balana to try to talk to her persuade her over and over multiple times but i started noticing you know this happening and i was like is he flirting is he testing her was he competitive with Vorik or something like why um, is he trying to get so intimate physically. And I don't know if it was the staging of Andy Robinson or
0: what? I think it was the staging of Andy Robinson. And I I, like this entire episode, I kept thinking, Hmm, I hope Roxanne and Robbie had breath mints or brushed their teeth before this. Very close. Good Lord. They're practically inhaling each other's air. You know, that's how close you are. But basically, yes, we talked about this before. This is anti Paris. You are repelling the advances of a woman, (laughs) which is, uh, you know, very honorable of you. But I want to say, though, this is just a random observation. With the Sims beacons, it really lights up how many dust particles are on stage 16 in in the air uh, to the point where it looks like it's raining. You know what I'm saying? It looks like it's rain. That's how much dust and debris is just floating around on stage 16. I'm just wondering how how compromised all the actors' lungs are after working on that set. My goodness. Not Those good. tunnels
1: in that stage mm-hmm. was a very dusty stage. Very, and, and the, very dusty. And nasty. the dirt they put on the ground in the tunnels yeah. was almost like powder. It was very, yeah. very fine. So it would yeah. kick up
0: into the air. You're right. My favorite part of this scene was when Belana like, turns your face to the side like that and says, I've picked up your scent. I've tasted your blood and your, and your face is to camera and you just look like you're, she's just manipulating you like a, like a little rag doll. You know, it's just like, she's having her way with you in a way, you know?
1: Paris did have a line in this scene, which I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I had to say this line where I say, <laughs> Pallana, this isn't about the gun. This is about oh, sex. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh man. <laughs> can't believe i had to
0: say that out loud that's oh, it was good it was yeah good. it was good i will say oh, but, your uh sideburns look very good in this episode no thank they you they were very well cropped and whoever whoever did you ever put, put those on you know. yeah
1: well i i like the scene uh because it was it was a side of paris that i was i'd been waiting for for mm-hmm. a couple of years where yeah. he's you know he's not the womanizer he's, no yeah he's making very noble and heroic choices here and he says look i'm your friend and your judgment's been impaired yeah and i'm not going to do this
0: yes Um, season one paris would have been naked already by now
1: yeah yeah and he's definitely grown and changed Mm -hmm. and and i think it's this is really who he is Mm -hmm. all that other stuff was very much of a show
0: yeah
1: and um he says, I'm not going to do this with you. And she, mm-hmm. she says, you know, this is just so hard to fight this feeling. The urges. The urges
0: the, are too strong. Yeah,
1: Yes. And it's so hard to fight. And Paris goes, so are you telling me I'm impossible to resist? Yeah,
0: that line. I like, that was a good one. There's a <laughs> good lines. Good job, lines Lisa here. Clank. Good job, I know.
1: I know. <laughs> so that was a nice scene where yeah. it seems like Paris is definitely drawing a boundary.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: he's saying, no matter what i'm not gonna you know mm-hmm. i'm not gonna do this with you i don't you know i i, mm-hmm. I know what what you're dealing with and we got to get you back to the ship let's get out of here right. that's what we have to do. right anyway we cut to the rock people now in their little lair they've got our hostages uh and they're asking
0: a lot of questions they want to yes. know about everything they want to know about voyager the propulsion systems the weapons sensors medical technology scientific advances artificial yeah. intelligence and that's when they scan Tuvok's arm and this is great trivia, guys. For all you Voyager fans that have trivia nights, you could, you could say, what type of artificial implant does Tuvok have in his arm? Mm-hmm. And guess what? He has a fake elbow joint. We don't know that until now that he has a fake elbow joint. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Replaced after being injured in a combat simulation. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also learned that the invaders attacked the colonists. This is where the ruins came from. Um, the head alien rock person wasn't even born when this attack happened of these colonists. Some of the colonists were lucky to escape into the mines, and that's who these rock people are, the descendants of the escapees, basically.
1: We also learned the name of these people, the, the Sakari. Sakari.
0: that's correct. Yes,
1: we didn't know that. We've been calling them rock people, yeah. now we know they're
0: called the Sakari. So, so we will stop calling them rock people now. So now I'll the- try, <laughs> I may still call them rock people. And so basically, Ch- Chakote does make some progress in diplomacy with the Sakari, um, because everything that they say, Chicote sort of has a little something to come back with, but not in a aggressive way, in a helpful way. Chakotay just says, "Look, um, we can help you hide yourselves better. We mm-hmm. detected your galasite. I'm going to show you how we detected your galasite, so you can prevent that from happening the next time somebody else comes around." And mm-hmm. so the guy goes, "Okay, you're going to be monitored the entire time that you're helping us do this, but well, we're game to hear what you're going to show us." So yeah, um, there seems to be some. I, and potential. I like
1: these aliens because they seem, you know, so often we we to a planet and there's always some bad guy or something you know somebody pretending to be nice but they're not really nice yeah and this feels like some aliens i gotta say on this planet that are that are fundamentally good people and nice people yes and, you know they're just scared because they right. have been attacked by some invaders yeah which those details will come up later in the episode mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but uh they're scared to be attacked again but they're good people so i, th- I thought that was uh I thought that was really, really uh, cool to see these kind of aliens.
0: Refreshing. Right? Yeah, refreshing. The normal aliens who are out to dominate the world kind mm-hmm. of a thing, or galaxy.
1: Back in the tunnels, we, we see Paris and Belana again. And uh, there's, a, there's another seismic uh, activity and mm-hmm. the tunnel collapses. Uh, yeah. Wall there's collapses. Yeah. yeah, the wall collapses. And the weapon that they had gotten from that one Sakari rock person Mm-hmm. Uh, is now buried under the rubble.
0: Yeah, the, wep- the weapon that you wrestled away from Torres earlier that you yep. were carrying, somehow you dropped it or something? Dropped in the tunnel, in the, yeah. In collapses. the tunnel collapse, right. yeah.
1: It was lost in the tunnel collapse. Right.
0: And she kind of freaks out about that. And freaks out um, and
1: she sort of pounces on me. She yeah. She pounces on Tom and uh, she says, you've never been hard to get, Tom. And she says, <laughs> well, I'm making an exception.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh lisa Clank, keep on going with your lines we love yeah them. okay but she
1: but she goes on and on to really yeah. reveal what seems like um a lot of truth and honesty mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. says she's noticed all of his looks and his um you know jealousy when she other people gave her attention and his invitations to to do things together and so mm-hmm. it sort of fills in some things that may have happened off screen where these two have noticed each other and have, Tom's even asked her out a few times. And,
0: but we haven't seen that before, no, except we for the one, we, there was the one question you said, you asked her to do something and she turned you down. That was in a shuttle. Do you remember that in one of yep. the earlier episodes? But yep. that's it. And also earlier when you're in the um, uh, in the, uh, the scene with, uh, my gosh, we just reviewed this episode, the one with Morena in it. And yep. Vorik is there saying, Oh, I Alter found this yes i found a nice little place for us to sit you didn't look jealous there you know when she walked away with him so maybe a um, little
1: bit maybe a little bit but yeah this is this is all new information all this stuff that's happened off screen that she talks about and she admits finally she says i have wanted this for so
0: long yeah which i'm like what what yeah yeah and she starts kissing you and you kiss mm -hmm. her back yeah so your very first kiss when you pulled away, there was a saliva, yeah. there was a saliva string. Did you see oh, that? Oh, interesting. No, yeah, I didn't. Again, that the way it was lit and how the Sims beacon showed every particle of um dust. Well, that that kiss sound also very showed Antics, that, saliva no, string. But it just, I'm just saying that that's what I noticed. This is the random stuff that I notice, right? The one little but that was the first kiss. The second kiss didn't have a, any saliva. Okay,
1: string. good. I mean, we got cleaned up after that. It was better. Oh, I did like Tom's line at the end of the scene where They do start to kiss and then he Mm -hmm. pulls away and he Mm -hmm. says, I hope after she's revealed all of this stuff, he says, I hope someday that you'll say all of that to me and and mean it because he doesn't believe it right now. He thinks she's just trying to manipulate him and that she's in this bonfire and he's like, no.
0: Which pisses her off too because she's like, get away from me. Leave me alone. You know, so that's the end of that scene. Um, We're back to the resort program where the doctor comes in. Vork has obviously called the doctor over. Uh, yeah. We don't know it yet, but Vork is basically manipulating the doctor and telling him.
1: Look yeah, me. It, what it seems like he I'm seems great. calm. Yes. And he seems relaxed. He hmm. says, "I'm fine now, thank mm-hmm. you." That seems to work, and yeah. uh, and please, he says, "Please don't make a record, any kind of medical record," because the doctor says, "Oh, I can't wait to put this in a report and and uh, put this into the medical record of yeah. <laughs> this new treatment for pomfar Far. And Vork's yeah. like, "Please." Don't no, do this. Yeah, don't. Do, it's my privacy. Please right. don't. So he doesn't do um,
0: it. Um, we jump to sickbay where the doctor is talking to Janeway and he's saying that the treatment is working. Vorik's biochemical readings are stabilizing. Janeway asks if this treatment will help Bolana as well, and the doctor agrees. He has to come up with a certain, you know, formulation for Bolana's treatment, but yes, he believes it can.
1: He says, and, you know, there's not much uh, uh, that I could learn about the Ponfar and Vulcan mating rituals but he says there's copious amounts of klingon (laughs) mating data copious amounts which i thought was funny
0: yes and we learned one fact that fracturing a clavicle on the wedding night is considered a blessing in a klingon Klingon marriage so yes
1: yes one of the fun facts about klingon mating (laughs) rituals So now we go back to the tunnels, and Bolana is she's in bad shape. She's very weak. She can't even remember what's happening.
0: Well, she's it looks like she's been passed out or something because she kind of wakes up. She's very disoriented. She doesn't remember anything that happened before. And then all of a sudden, Chakotay breaks through the rubble to rescue Tom and and uh, Torres. And um, so, upon reaching the surface, the team is trying to uh, hail Voyager, but there's no response. So we're Mm -hmm. a little perplexed by this and that's when Tuvok turns to paris and says that he must help and i say help in quotations balana resolve yeah. the ponvo. Pawn- <laughs> can you see you that you must help now okay. mr you must paris. help now mr paris you must take one for the team by disrobing all of your clothing and, and you right, know, here, yeah, in right woods, here in, in the, the woods in the woods in front of chakotay and i and we will rate Damn. you like the olympics with little signs you know 8.5 um and, and they uh,
1: and they step and Paris agrees. Yeah, He's right. Like, well, because right. he
0: only agrees for one reason, because he says to her, Tuvok says, "If you don't do this, she's going to die." That's yeah, it. plain and simple. We can't get back to Voyager. She's going to die on this planet surface right now. Yeah, and um, Tuvok t- agrees to take one for the team, and and uh, Tuvok
1: does. Paris does.
0: Yeah, sorry. Paris <laughs> agrees to take one for the team, and uh, the busy planet. In. Yes, a busy B'lana, little planet.
1: going on <laughs> on the planet.
0: And, and yes, Paris goes over
1: to Balana. Yeah. And Belana goes, and and Tom's tr- gonna explain, <laughs> you know, hey, I'm doing this to save your life. He's gonna go into the whole spiel, like this is just doesn't, you know, this doesn't count. And she goes,
0: <laughs> She should have put her finger on your lips. Yeah, you know how nice. they do that always? Yeah. And just, yes, but she put it on her own. Like, so she she, she leads you away to a little private area, right? Yes. Yeah. And I I one of the funniest moments for me in this is when you know you're unsure what to do right now you're just sure it's a it's (laughs) a
1: Klingon and a Ponfar situation (laughs) I don't know what you don't know we haven't even dated Uh, yet she turned me down
0: right but she you know she's already revved up and ready to go so she starts she initiates she begins and you hear her growling and so you're like maybe I should do and so you growl too a little bit was that you growling right that a little bit okay that yeah <laughs> and then you're like ah. I mean that that really that did it for me. For sure. Funny, but before you really get down to the nitty gritty, you are interrupted and rudely tossed on yes. off of Balana by Vorik, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he throws you with amazing strength. He's a, Vulcan. He's a Vulcan. They have they have really really powerful um, mm-hmm. arms, I guess. Uh, so he calls for Tuvok. He doesn't call, he screams for Tuvok.
1: Tuvok!
0: Yes. And he deca- he declares what what I guess it's "Kuna Kalafey" is what I wrote down.
1: Kuna t- Kuna, t- Kuna t- Kalafey. Kala yes. Which, which I thought
0: I, it would sound like Hakuna Matata, but it, you know.
1: It's it, Kuna Kuna Kalafey. Kala yeah, yeah Kala Tuvak explains it's a ritual challenge in order to win Torres's hand in marriage. Yes, to fight And he to wants Kuna to make. fight Paris to the death. That mm-hmm. is what it is yeah and of course paris is going to lose this right like he, he's fighting a vulcan of right. course you know Chicote vulcan... stops
0: this chakotay goes oh, yeah. wait a minute wait a minute did you disable communications he starts putting pieces of this puzzle together mm-hmm. and Vorik comes clean he's like yeah i had a i had a you know i had a disabled communications everything transporters everything. shuttles you name it in order for me nothing is coming between me and my mate and at that point Roxanne, with the, some of the most emotion I've seen coming out of her, she says, "I am not your mate," and she is just chomping at the bit, you know. And I love. And she her chooses line. herself to fight. Yes, yes, yes. And she says, "If anyone is going to smash your arrogant little face in, I will." You Volk, and remember, she called him a Vulcan patak earlier in the caves when she's, yeah. you know, when you mentioned to her if we, you know, we can go back to sickbay or there's also vorik and she she calls him a patak but now she accepts the challenge and tuvok says well she does have the right to choose her defender even if it's mm-hmm. herself so mm-hmm. then they fight and you guys just sit there and watch as they're that was rolling a around big
1: fight by the way fight. i remember shooting that fight uh i think it was almost all um you know uh, roxanne and alex except uh, for
0: when they rolled down the steps i think those were the stunt doubles there yeah i
1: think they may have used the doubles a couple of times but Mm -hmm. mostly it was them Was them yeah and i remember filming this it was a long fight Mm -hmm. and fights are hard to film you know Mm because because the punches and the hits and things don't always look good from the same angle so you got to keep switching the angles around yeah and um yeah i thought they did a great job it was very intense really good fight
0: yeah a lot of the fights that were choreographed for voyager they're they're very specific because they have to look good on camera you know what i'm saying and that and that you know a lot of times when you're when you're fighting there's certain moves that just don't play well they don't read well on camera and so um that's always an interesting thing for fans to know that hollywood fights are definitely staged um to look good on camera but really (laughs) they wouldn't Work that well in real life i think no probably um, not yeah um the blood fever is purged purged after torres is victorious and knocks yep. um Vorik unconscious right and
1: she falls right into paris's arms if you <laughs> noticed at the end <laughs> yes falls i did right, see that like she needed some comfort with someone that she trusts and,
0: oh yeah. yes she does and it's so you. In paris's arms yeah it's you yeah um we jumped to the turbo lift Paris and Torres. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Very, very feeling very awkward standing there talking, and basically Paris says, "You know what? I wouldn't mind seeing your cling-eyed, uh, your cling-eyed." Uh, Paris basically <laughs> says, "I wouldn't mind seeing your Klingon side again," and she says the immortal words, "Be careful what you wish for, Lieutenant." As she walks, walks out, out yeah. and you're just closed on. And I want to say something. You had mentioned in a prior episode. I think it was the last one we we reviewed. Um, and you said that in the turbo lift, it looked like I was wearing eyeshadow. Remember that? Oh yeah, that's Well, right. you look like you had makeup on. Extra really? Makeup. Yes, I oh, said. So wait maybe a minute. It's the I think it's the turbo lift. Yes, yeah, something in the turbo lift makes Paris and Torres look, look like they're in drag, basically. So every like anytime we walk, extra makeup yeah, or something. Yes, well, it's we got we those in lights
1: there. all around, and they're low. Mm. They're from the floor too. So maybe, yeah, yeah maybe that was it. it One I, thing I want to say about the turbo lift, though, is. It, to me, it kind of felt like uh, when we were in the tunnels, Torres had a moment of truth where she really expressed to Tom her feelings. Maybe she was in Ponfar and, you know, he thought it was manipulative, but I think it was very much the truth, what she yeah. said. Yeah. She said it very passionately and emotionally.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: then, uh, and then here in the turbo lift, Harris gets a chance to kind of spill his truth. And he's oh, very, right. very sober and very real about it. And he says, you know, I, I really, basically he's, he he opens up his heart and says, I got some feelings for you too. And I like what I see and that doesn't scare me. And, and like you said, you know, he, he ends his long, much longer speech with, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing that Klingon side again, mm-hmm. basically. Like, yeah. Um, so I thought it was a nice kind of, echo that they both had moments of uh for the for the relationship for them to both sort of express all this stuff that's happened off camera that we've never seen until now yeah the so now of that foundation it's it's kind of like what we talked about you know with some of the Janeway and Chicote stuff like that's there's been a lot of stuff on camera that mm-hmm. we've seen you know oh mm-hmm. let's go drink champagne and take a a sunset cruise on Lake George or mm-hmm. let's go you know going to the the resort program together and hanging you just see a lot of it a lot of their chemistry and their their attraction to each other on screen but you didn't see any of tom and balana's until this episode so Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah anyway i thought that i i I really liked that that turbo lift scene and it was i realized the second awkward conversation after a situation like this because he had it uh, paris had it with the captain after in threshold at the end after he had kidnapped (laughs) her and take her to the planet and they wake up in sickbay and he had a little awkward conversation there
0: (laughs) there you go he's having
1: another awkward conversation you
0: are the king of awkward conversations tom paris
1: yeah (laughs) and then we have a nice little scene a moment at the very end Mm -hmm. we go back to the planet and they're helping the, uh, the sicarians uh you know hide from these invaders and they come upon a skeleton and they realize it's a Borg.
0: Yeah, yeah, so they're, they're clearing away the ruins and Chakotay shows Janeway, look, while we're clearing away the ruins, uh, we found the remains of one of the invaders who yeah. destroyed the colony. And then of course we see, it's a Borg skeleton. Yep. Dun, dun, dun.
1: Yeah. So this is the first introduction of the Borg into our part of space.
0: Yeah. 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 um well from what i understand the borg originate in the delta Quadrant. so this right is, this is their home quadrant.
1: but this is our first first
0: time seeing them correct? first
1: time on on our on series voyage. of that word coming up i That's think
0: right. i don't, That's I don't right. think
1: we've even talked about them
0: no no but we i mean we know who they are you know yeah uh, we just haven't spoken about them until now so this is the very first time yes we've seen that.
1: this is the beginning of some new things bum 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 yeah
0: yeah it was it was good yeah
1: what was I your theme what was your theme for this episode?
0: I want to hear your theme first, and then I'll. Here's continue. my theme. Yeah.
1: Um. I, I I came away with you can't fight natural instinct. That, mm. that you can't fight your nature. Things that are, that are just uh, a part of who you are. Whether it's Ponfar, whether it's the feelings that Tom and Belana have for each other. Mm. You can't fight it. You have to let nature take its course.
0: I'm gonna encapsulate that into even a more simpler statement and theme or lesson and that would be be true to your heart yeah i
1: like it nice all right well that was fun
0: blood Mm -hmm. blood fever yes all right thanks guys yeah for tuning in join us next week when robbie and i will talk about the episode unity unity yeah i like that name i like one name episodes
1: unity i know the director of that episode
0: really okay yeah
1: that's me
0: Oh, that My would director. be you. <laughs>
1: My director. Awesome. Thanks, guys. See ya.